Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Join us as we sit down with church leaders to discuss relevant trends and issues for today's church. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into a new episode of Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage and I'll be your host. Uh, we are still here live at the Bivocational Ministers and Wives Retreat in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And today we have with us Larry Jones. Larry is the pastor at Concord Baptist Church in Mohawk, Tennessee. Larry, thank you for taking some time and just yes. to speak with me a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am originally from Cock County. I was born in Memphis, but raised in Cock County. Okay. I worked at Camp Carson one uh, summer when I was 17. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if they still got that cherry tree behind your house, but I used to uh, grab cherries every time. Did I you really? Well, it's not there. I can okay. guarantee you. <laughs> so um, uh, I went off after high school, joined the Marine Corps, uh, saw the world, and then came back, started working, went to college. Halfway through my college, God called me to preach. Uh, I transferred from the University of Tennessee to Carson Newman. Carson Newman was a lot more moderate in their theology at the time. Right. And, and so it forced me to learn conservative biblical scholarship. Right. And uh, I graduated from that. And, and um, I preached at a few churches in, in, in Cock County as a supply preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was preaching a revival at a little church uh, out in the uh, 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 well, out in the community, and the church that I'm at now uh, came to listen to me. Yeah, uh, they called me over for a trial sermon. Uh, I preached that sermon, and the next Sunday they voted, and I became the pastor. That that's been 31 30, years. 30? 31 years this May. Wow. And so. The church that I served is the only church that, that I have ever served. Yeah, that's awesome. And then this church, several years ago, Southern Seminary began their uh, extension program. Yeah. And the extension program began at Broadway Baptist Church in Maryville. Mm-hmm. And I was in the first class that was part of that. And my church paid my entire seminary bill wow. to, to send me to uh, seminary. Right. And so I was able to graduate with a Master of Divinity from yeah. Southern Seminary. Great. So what do you do as your full-time job? My secular job is that I'm the uh, IT network administrator for the Greenville City Schools. Okay. Uh, it's my job to oversee the network mm-hmm. uh, for about six to 7,000 devices. Uh, I manage the content filter. I manage the firewall. We do. Yeah. Um, so you had to be on call 24-7, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I, it's one of those silly things. I'm in two 24-7, 365 jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know today is even probably more challenging to keep. Uh, I know there's lots of hackers trying to break mm-hmm. into your networks and stuff, and it's just constant all the time. So you're trying to you're do that, and, in, and you're by vocational pastor mm-hmm. as well. And so, and you've been for your, at your church for 31 years, mm-hmm. so that, that's a pretty incredible story. So tell me, I know that uh, through COVID and as we continue to come out of this, how, how, what some challenges have you faced? You know, COVID was one of those things when we went into it, it was scary for all of us. And, and when we went into the lockdown period, we began uh, with three people inside the sanctuary. Uh, my wife, myself, and one of my deacons who was running uh, our sound. Yeah. And and we just took microphone stands and got cell phone holders 
and one cell phone broadcast on Twitter, the other on Facebook, and that's that's what we did. Wow. And then a few weeks into that, uh, I knew a man, the man that had installed the sound and projector in our sanctuary, and uh, I talked to him how much would it cost us to get the equipment we need to to have a better streaming solution. He gave me a quote. I had a Zoom meeting with my deacons. They approved it. Uh, within a couple of, of uh, uh, weeks, we had that system installed in our sanctuary. And it's been a real blessing because our Sunday school attendance really still hasn't caught back to where it was before COVID right. in person. Yeah. But over the course of a week, we'll have 85 people watch our online Sunday school. Wow. Uh, and and so now can you tell I know it's harder to tell if these are are you they church members or no, they people we, out in the community have we you don't, gained more we don't have that many church members so. yeah so I mean we're we're running over 80 in Sunday school if you average that in right and and so it's been a real blessing to us and we know we had some visitors a month or so ago that had found us somehow and they live in Brunswick Georgia mm. uh, and and they're getting ready to retire when they retire they're going to come to mohawk and they have been watching us yeah and and that's where they're going to come yeah and and that's been one of the things that was always important to me obviously because my other job is technology right when when i came to concord we wanted a high quality website we didn't just want to say okay yeah we got a website sure and so we've worked with a company. I found a company that's really good, very reasonable in price. And we have a high-quality website that makes us look way larger than, than we really are. Yeah. And we have people that are part of our church because of our website. That's how they found us. Awesome. Would you all, I mean, looking back, I don't know, you're, you're, since you're an IT person, you kind of thought or knew that it would, it would better give you more opportunities to do ministry having technology like website and stuff but but did you have any idea that you would have this many people that would begin begin to no. yeah no. live stream Sunday school and all that you know I think every preacher goes through the phase especially preachers of my age where you know we all want to grow up and be Adrian Rogers right uh, yeah and and then finally you realize God called me to be me not yeah. to be Adrian Rogers but yeah. And then you start thinking, okay, I'll never have a radio ministry or a TV ministry. And then all of a sudden, COVID shows up. Yeah. And this is the only way that we can communicate yeah. uh, the gospel to our, our fellowship right. and then beyond. Yeah. And so it, it honestly was one of the, the better things that happened to our fellowship. And our worship attendance is back at pre-COVID levels. It's just Sunday school that, that never recovered. Right. So what kind of challenges did you face, you know, the, being, of course, as a bivocational pastor, just the typical challenges before COVID, but did you face any more struggles personally as you tried to balance all this through the, the last few years? It is, especially when you feel like it's not safe to go and, and visit someone or when, yeah. you know, when the last thing someone wants is someone knocking on their door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had to f- find ways to interact with people, and we did. And, you know, in, in the session I was just in, we had a young man that's been in his church for about a year and a half. And, and I want to stop him and say, I pastor the same church that you do. It's just in a different community. Yeah. Because he's pastoring an older, well-established church. My church will celebrate its 200th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. We organized in 1823. Wow. 
Uh, and and so when I came, my wife and I were uh, the youngest couple. Yeah. We're now among the oldest. Right. We're about the second, third old, third oldest couple in the church. Yeah. And so all of our members are now younger than I uh, than than we are. And and most of our members uh, are now they came during our ministry. Mm-hmm. And so we built this organic. You know, it's not. And and I've taught them. People are much more likely to come to church if you invite them right. than if than if I do. Yeah. Because they see me inviting them as my job. Right. Whereas if you invite them, you found something. Yeah. And and it's it's helping you and, and so they're more likely to listen and that's where our growth has come from. Well, that's good. So is there it sounds like you have a uh, a very distinct method in, in the teaching your congregation outreach. It, it honestly is just part of, of who we are. It's part of our DNA. Several years ago, God led me, you know, to do kind of the marketing thing that we needed a, a, a motto. Mm-hmm. And and it's nothing earth-shaking. It's just loving God, loving each other, loving the world. Right. And, and I keep that in front of the church mm-hmm. all of the time. My either last sermon of the old year or first sermon of the new year will be loving God, loving each other, loving the world, and just re-encapsulating that vision right. as who we are and how we're going to operate as a fellowship of believers. Yeah. Uh, and then as we come to passages uh, in, in, in our preaching, yeah. you know, if that one is clearly about loving God, then I'm going to go, well, that would sound good in a church motto, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, and just keep that in front of them all the time. Right. And so it, it's it's just what they think about when they think about our church. Right. And then we have a lot of events. We live, we're in a very rural area, so hay rides are a big thing for us. Yeah. And, and we do a uh, end-of-school bash. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge thing for our church. Uh, we'll have fireworks. We'll get a bouncy house or a you know air slide or something. Yeah. We'll have a cotton candy machine, popcorn, face painting. Uh, we'll have people bring goats or sheep that right. the kids can pet. You know, and 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 we just make this huge deal to get people from our community onto our campus. Right. And and just let them see we're not strange. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just like they are. Right. Uh, we also have a ministry center in our community that all of the churches built probably 15 years ago yeah and we work with people that a lot of the people in our community that's their church yeah uh and and so we all work together to minister to people there and and i mean we do the little things like this year we are in our christmas parade we're going to do it again yeah 1700 people in our zip code yeah uh if if you happen to blink your eyes driving through Mohawk, you'll miss it. <laughs> right. Uh, there's there's not even a stop sign in Mohawk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and, but we still have a Christmas parade. And so we had our fellowship out there uh, in the Christmas parade yeah. and, and just handing out candy. We printed out these cards, the legend of the candy cane, and had a candy cane on it. We handed that and candy to the people right. that had our church and our website on it, just letting people know we're here, we care about you, we love you. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, you sound like you've had a lot of victories. So if, if one can kind of stand out more than the others, what, what would be one of your victories that you've had? You know, the biggest one for me, and it, and it really came early in my ministry, is that I always believed that a church should be a tithing church. Mm-hmm. That if I was, as the pastor, going to encourage the, the congregation to tithe, mm-hmm. then the church itself needed to be tithing. Yeah. And, and so when I came, we were not. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it was my goal to get us to give 10% of undesignated receipts to the cooperative program, 5% to the association. Yeah. But I felt like that would be swinging for the fence. Yeah. And so I went to my deacons, you know, I'd been building up to this, and I went to my deacons, and I was going to go, let's do eight and one, you know, let's just start moving up. Yeah. And, and my deacons said, you know, Pastor, why don't we just do 10% to the cooperative program, 5% to the association? I'm like, brother, that is a great idea. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's all the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's neat. Well, now, if you, there's going to be a lot of pastors listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, if you were to give them some advice, some wisdom, uh, what would you give them? One of the courses that I took at Carson Newman was by Dr. Tom Maddox. He was a former executive secretary at TBC. Yeah. And, and it was what a course that I called for us preacher boys. And, and basically, he just sat down and, and gave us words of wisdom on how to be a pastor. And one thing he said that stuck with me is he said, boys, they'll forgive you for preaching a lot of bad sermons mm. as long as they know you love them. Mm. Wow. And, and that has stuck with me. And, and my people know that my wife and I love them, yeah. that we care about them, yeah. and that we'll do anything for them. And so I would just tell them, when you're in that time of struggle, no matter what, let them know you love them, that what you're doing is out of love. Yeah, that's awesome advice. So obviously you, come, you came to this uh, retreat, mm-hmm. and so uh, the question is, uh, how important is it for pastors to give away? It's really important. I mean, you know, it's one thing I know a lot of us may listen to various ministries on the radio or on podcasts or other ways. But that's one thing. It's an entirely different thing to, to stop mm-hmm. what you're doing. Go somewhere else. Get out of your routine yeah. and, and let someone pour God's Word into your life and into your heart. Yeah. And, and then beyond that, to let someone pour God's word and love into your wife's heart. Yeah. Because she's the forgotten member of this team most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and she's the one, if somebody's mad at the pastor but doesn't want to talk to the pastor, they'll go talk to her. Right. And Or wear her out. Yeah. And she doesn't deserve that. Right. But uh, it, it's really great for us to be able to come over here. And, and for us, it's not that big. You know, it's. 45 minute to an hour drive for us. I right. know some of them come seven or eight hours to get here. Yeah. But it is a great conference to get aside and, and to just refresh and to remember the call that God placed on your life. Sometimes when you're in the midst of those struggles, it's like, why in the world am I doing this? Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and when you come here, God reminds you of why he called you. That's good. Larry, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to yes, sir. talk to me and share with me just about what's going on in your ministry, so I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Those who are listening to, me, to us right now on our podcast, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please leave a comment or follow us. Uh, this is a great resource for others to listen to. We want to encourage them to listen. Also, we'd love to hear any comments or questions you might have for Larry or what we do at TM Baptist Camps please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thank you for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast of TN Baptist Camps. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. 
For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org or you can email us at carsonpodcast at tnbaptist.org.